good. Good to be here. Hey, uh, that uh, El Salvador thing, kind of neat, eh? Have you, uh, yeah, have you had the opportunity to be on that? You, you know that you're a part of that, right? Because uh, you're part of this body and those people are part of this body and they're there because of you and because of uh, the things that God's done in their hearts and because they know God's love and they want God's love to leak out and that's a practical way for God's love to leak out and it's, uh, they're partly there because of you guys. Yeah, hey, part of the family. Isn't that neat? Your brothers are over there doing some work for the kingdom. Great. All right, so today uh, the one another is... Love one another. We're going to look at 1 John and uh, kind of uh, open that book. We're going to parachute in a little bit and pick out a few things. We won't uh, uh, unpack everything in, in that book. Uh, we're going to go to chapter 3 and chapter 4 of 1 John. So I'm going to pick out a few of the verses, but uh, there's stuff in between that I'll, I'll touch on. Uh, so if I miss some of it, Okay, if I miss something, I'll just admit that already. So when you read through it and you go, why didn't he uh, kind of highlight that? It, it's not that I didn't read it. It's that I'm trying to get to this other point, all right? So we'll, we'll have quite a bit of stuff to get through here today. There's some really good stuff in between, but I'm going to kind of pull out the one another's and some of the love stuff there uh, as it relates in those chapters, all right? So let me just pray. And we've been praying already, but just that our hearts would be ready, right? We have a great time of worship. You've come today. The Lord... Uh, has uh, invites you and I to, um, yeah, to to be ready for the things He has for us. He knows all of all about what's happened in your week. He knows what's going to happen and what you're uh, looking forward to, and some of the things that you're maybe even concerned about. Right? He understands all all of those things, and he he doesn't negate those things. Hmm. He, he's uh, he's aware, and he's he's okay. He's okay. Um, your crisis, your struggle, your joy doesn't, doesn't push him off the rails, nor, nor, nor does the reality of your challenges cause him to question his love for you. All right, so, so let's just take a minute, right? And just, I just want to invite the Lord to continue to speak to us and that we would be ready and open, right? So Father, we just thank you that we can be here. And you know all of us. And what it is we're coming with, what it is we're bringing, and we don't deny those things. We actually name them. And right now, we just, uh, we just gently, so to speak, put them at the foot of the cross, not in a denial, but in a, actually um, an uh, admittance of, an acknowledgement of those things. And we just lay them there to ask you to help us to have perspective and that in the next few moments as we're continuing this great service this morning, that we would be ready for the things that you uniquely have for us. Yeah. So our hearts are open. We look forward to what you want to remind us of or a new truth you want to give us today. Amen. So love one another. So just a bit of background. Uh, it's our understanding that uh, John, it's, uh, it's the disciple John, it's the one that is the beloved, right? So you kind of had the 12, you had the 70, you had the 12, you had the inner three, Peter, James, and John, and you had John the beloved. Okay, uh, this is the author. He's also the author of the Gospel of John. And he's writing, they think, uh, probably around the, towards the end of the first uh, century, about 90 uh, AD, probably writing from Ephesus. Um, there, there's a bit of, bit of 
question as to who specifically he was writing to, you know, usually there's a greeting, right? I write to you, to this particular group of people. This one uh, is a bit, uh, that's not uh, as clear, but it's clear that who he's speaking to, he knows. So whether he was speaking a sermon and he wrote it down and someone got a hold of the manuscript, uh, right, or someone was writing out his sermon as he was speaking, we're not quite sure. The, the point is that he was clear on his audience and he wanted them to be clear on the things that he was bringing to them in light of what he already knew. Starts the book off, starts the, the letter, the sermon off um, with the fact that God loves them, that there's this tension between the reality of the world. Oh, but remember John 1, 1? Uh, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God. The Word was with God. That's Jesus. So he's, he's making a clear statement about who Jesus is. Right, and then, and then we, we need to know his love and accept who Jesus is. And there's this tension in the world that the world wants to pull us away from the truth of who Jesus is. And then he moves into these chapters in 3 and 4. The book has a flavor of uh, a, a, a shepherd, a, a, um, a father to, who, who writes to gently encourage his children. Right? He talks about sin. And it's like, a, it's like a family type of situation, right? Like, so sin, yeah, even though you might struggle in sin, right, it's, it's the reality that that might be true in our family, but we can still walk with you because actually Jesus' work on the, on the cross has, has done the finished work for you. And if you do fall, okay, it's not a question of your love. Continue to rest in the truth that Jesus is your advocate before the Father, right? So he's writing to them. Don't, 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 don't question, keep resting, keep walking, be aware, be aware of the things that happen in your world, be aware of your heart, and keep resting in the love and walking in it. Okay, some, some themes are, uh, right, who Jesus is, the love of the Father, rest in it, oh, and let it leak out in the truth as you walk together as brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Addressing how we live together, how we help each other as we live together in the body of Christ. Okay, we come to chapter 3. Verse 1, let's, uh, let's uh, look at the first verse. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Lavish, to pour out on us. To, it's, it's like uh, an overwhelming. It's almost kind of like um, eccentric, uh, wasteful. It's, it's prodigal. You know, remember the story of the prodigal son? Uh, Tim Keller, uh, he suggests maybe we should reframe that a little bit and say the prodigal God. It, it's, it's a picture of God's unrelenting pursuit of. His son. The door is always open for his son to return. God has poured out his love on us. He never stops pursuing you and me. He's always okay with where you're at and where I'm at. In that he's okay in that our relationship with him is never questioned. He's lavished his love on us. Do you remember when you first came to know Christ? Do you remember... Um, when you understood the work that Christ had done on the cross for you, 
and what that was like. For, for, some, for some of us, it was maybe like a moment in time. For others, it was a coming to know. And as we went along, there was a season, right, a few months where we just really got clarity on the fact of the work that Christ had done and something shifted in us to know what Christ had done. That, that first love that we felt, that release. Do you, do you remember that love? He's reminding us of that. We, we, we are sons and daughters. Um, you're not an uncle to God the Father. You're not a cousin. You're a son or a daughter. He's got no, no grandchildren by way of your relationship to him. It, it, this isn't a statement of immaturity. It's a statement of position that we're his children. We can rest in the truth that we are his children. And just like you and I have an earthly mother and father, and hopefully those relationships are pretty good. They're not perfect. But the fact that we have a mom and a dad and that they are our parents, there's nothing that could ever change that. Even if they weren't able to raise us for whatever reasons and they gave us up for adoption, etc., etc. Right? The fact is, that is our mom and our dad. There's nothing you, can, you and I could ever do that would change the fact that we are, that you are, a son or a daughter of the Father. Yeah, it's a, it's a parenting analogy. It's not a statement of immaturity. It's a statement of position. Um, I think many of us can understand the reality of God's love for us. And there's seasons and times in our life where we don't doubt God's love. As we've come to know Christ, we've accepted the work that Christ has done on our behalf, and we've come to know the Father's love. But sometimes I think there's elements where it's more difficult for us to understand that he delights in us. That, that he, he actually, um, he's interested in us. Hmm. That the things that are, that are in our heart, the thing that, things that we dream about, that, that actually he's interested in those things. In, in fact, many of those things he's put in our hearts. And he, he likes to hang with us. He likes to pursue us. He, he'd like us to, to, to rest in him and allow the truth of his love for us and his delight over us to be part of the reality of a relationship. But sometimes, sometimes that's a little harder for us. We know he loves us. We know he's asked us to do things. And we're going to get her done. Hmm. That's good. That's good. But sometimes he doesn't want us to keep working. He wants us to rest and know his delight. Think about, think about Jesus. And it's, it says a number of times in Scripture that he got up early in the morning to go have time alone with the Father. Now, I know he wasn't reading the New Testament. In his devotion times, he wasn't reading the New Testament. Maybe he was reading the Old Testament, but he could quote it. So maybe he was quoting the Old Testament. <laughs> why, why did Jesus have a quiet time? Why? I expect a number of reasons. But I'd like to suggest as well. Because he didn't want to miss time with his father. He, he didn't want to go through the day, the week, 
He didn't go through his life without spending a bit of time with his dad and talking to him and finding out what's going on and sharing his dreams with him and, and letting the father just delight in him and, and enjoying that time together. Hmm. Sometimes that's a little more difficult for us to understand or carry. We know his love, but knowing his delight. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense a bit? You're his children. You, you can be a bit um, childish. Oh, childlike, sorry. <laughs> right, you can be a bit silly with him. You can let him know your stuff a bit. He's good with that. That's okay. You know, the, the introvert in you, you can let that out every now and then. Yeah, yeah, because he delights in you, right? We, could, we can kind of coin this as well, a bit of, uh, this is the part of understanding our identity in the Father, that we're valued and accepted just because, right? And the more we kind of rest in that, the more we live from the truth of that, right? So, so let's just tag that for a minute. You and I aren't perfect, so just like when we were a child, or if you have children, when we did something that wasn't correct, wrong, uh, we misunderstood or we actually made a choice to do something wrong, um, uh, actually the truth that our parents loved us didn't change. And if you're a parent, the truth that your children do things that are not right, perhaps wrong, maybe misunderstood, but maybe wrong, maybe intentionally wrong, your love for them never changes. Hmm. Never changes. That's true for us. If when you and I do something that's not right, and we sin, if we feel shame, that's a question of understanding God's love, His value, how He sees us, His delight over us. We're still guilty. We're guilty, and we, we might feel disappointed about feeling guilty, but we're not bad. Because actually we're his child. And he sent Jesus to the cross for us because we're valuable. And nothing can separate us from his love and nothing can change the fact that we're his child. Okay? First point. Love one another. Oh, remember your children. Walk in the truth of your children. That your children. Let's go to verse 11. Kind of skip down. Some good stuff in between. You can read later. At home. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. John's writing to them. I've told you this right from the get-go, that we should love one another. Don't be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Hmm. Wow. Right from the beginning when he came, right? That's, that's what they brought. The gospel of good news is that Jesus loves us and that we've been set free. Because of that, it changes us and it causes to run out of us. And now we're asked to love others because of that truth. So, so ask yourself at times, what makes it hard for you to love others? Hmm. It didn't say like others. So I think it's okay to not to like others. <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't like some of your family members. Certain days... Certain things they do, it's okay. That's all right. But you do have to love them. Yeah, and you do love them. You just maybe don't like some of the things that they're doing. So, so how come sometimes it's hard for us to love others? What, what's that about? Sometimes we're cautious. Well, 
obviously life's experience, right? If we've been hurt, disappointed, which is true for all of us, not everyone is always able to see us in all the ways that we would like all the time and always know what it is we would like. Yeah, well, one person is, and he's called God. But for the rest of the people that we walk around with, they're not always able to hear us and see us and know what it is we would like. And when we do things to be able to look past it and continue to love us in the way that we'd hoped or would have liked, in spite of who we are, where we're at. So sometimes our caution comes from, obviously, the hurt and disappointments of what's happened in our world and our life. It's true. Absolutely. We don't deny that. Yet we've been asked to love one another. If, if we don't reach out and love one another and stay guarded because of our hurt, there's an appropriateness to that, right? Love, love respect, right? respect, trust is earned. Okay, but if we keep ourselves sheltered and distanced because of the hurt that we've experienced and never enter in, then, then what happens? We're always, always in a place of protection and never able to receive the other things that God would like us to receive in the reality of what it means to be in relationship with others who are imperfect but who love us. What keeps you and I from loving, at times it could be our hurt, as he continues in this portion of scripture that we read, he says, also be careful, don't become like Cain, guard your heart. Ooh, if you have hate, if you have hate in your heart, oh, that's a strong word, hate. Mm. Dang, that person got the promotion. Dang, that, how come they chose them? Man, this is stupid. Don't they know who I am? I, I, I don't know what it might be that might tweak you in your heart and mind. There's things, obviously. But what is that about? What is that telling you about what's happening? So we don't know all of what happened with Cain and Abel. We know that Abel brought a sacrifice that was acceptable. We know that Cain brought one that wasn't. He was envious of that, and he killed his brother somehow he felt less than because his brother was accepted. Hmm. Hmm. When, when, you feel, when you feel that uh, rise up inside of you, um, don't condemn yourself for it, but ask, what is that about? Lord, what's, what's happening here? Oh, I had, hoped, I had hoped to be the one. And I'm disappointed. It's okay to be disappointed, absolutely. But you can also rest in the assurance that the one who loves you and calls you his own that he still knows you, he's still walking with you, he sees you, he still has your best in mind. His plan for you hasn't been wrecked. You, you can grieve that and rest in the truth, and that allows you from the truth of who you are in the Father to actually be happy for others, even though you still grieve and wish. You're, you're grateful for them. You're, you're thankful for them that God has blessed them in that way. Sometimes... There's other things that go on that affect why it's hard for us to love. Um, uh, Acts chapter uh, 15, we got Paul and Mark. Remember, they had a little collision there. We got Paul and Barnabas. There's a few chapters there where they're really kicking it out of the park, right? Really making it happen. And then uh, this Mark guy comes on, and uh, it says that there was a, a conflict, and uh, Paul was concerned about Mark because Mark had uh, hijacked and hightailed it out earlier on, and so he felt that Mark wasn't ready to continue with, traveling with, uh, Paul and Barnabas. And so they had a disagreement, that is, Paul and Barnabas, and uh, Barnabas went one direction, 
with Mark, and Paul went another direction and took Silas with him. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes, sometimes there's conflicts that happen. That's okay. Sometimes it's a reflection of um, what, what you might see and what others might see. Sometimes you look through the reality of your personality. What's another name for Barnabas? What's his tagline? Son of encouragement. When this guy was a guy who he could just kind of walk with people, man. Like he could always look fast. But you know, Paul, he's a little more type A. Let's get her done, boys. And that guy needs a little more track record before I'm bringing him back on. Later he does. And Barnabas is a little bit more, ah, come on, cut, some, cut the guy some slack. He's just a young kid. Now we got to give him some space here. It's going to be okay. okay so the personality stuff, that, that's okay. That happens. That happens in our world. Okay? It's, it's helpful for us to be clear who we are, what we carry. And sometimes other people carry other things, and that sometimes is a reflection of their giftedness, life story, education, personality. That's okay. Let's don't hijack relationships, even though we may agree to disagree and go a different direction. Let's don't not love because of those realities. In my, uh, my home, th there's, uh, uh, there's a practical strength that uh, I inherited and a number of my brothers inherited in our family. I, I know which side of my family it comes from, not my dad, my mom. Because uh, so my dad, you know, like my brothers, we, we all got tools. You come to my house, I got tools. Because we fix things. My dad, uh, when he passed away, he had tools. And those things were so old, the handles were broken, all that stuff. They, we just kind of hung them on the wall for decorative stuff. They were kind of not really usable. Not so my mom's side. Anyhow, we have a practical strength. When my... Uh, when my, I think I've said this before, when my two brothers were younger, two of my brothers, um, uh, so milk and cows, you know, in the barn, and what do we got? 25 head, and it's warmer in there. So you, if you're going to play when it's 30 below outside, you, you play in there, right? So they got the auger motor off the auger. It's a 10-horser, right? And uh, they get some, uh, some tarp uh, off of the pickup from the binder, right? And they, they put it on this, kind of make it on this sled thing and put a ski on it, right? And then they sit on it and they start this thing up. Shoot. Well, they forgot to sit on it. And it took off and went across the field until it hit the fence and it got stuck. That was before they invented snowmobiles. <laughs> right? Because that's kind of what we do. We're, we got this MacGyver thing going on. Okay? So, that's a strength. Now, when we see people, the conversation on the table sometimes is, when we see people doing things that practical people know is a no-brainer, we have language for those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think you're picking up what I'm laying down, right? Okay, all right. Now, now, now to understand, actually, actually, those people have different strengths, and that wasn't a no-brainer for them. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, now they gotta, they got to fix their flat because they didn't put air in their low tire. And yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's right. That's, that's, it's part of the reflection of who we are. But when we come from a paradigm and we don't know the Father's love and we don't rest in the Father's love and we have a question of our own identity, then our strength, our no-brainerness, we raise that up in such a way that we look down at others. Yeah. Okay, so, so partly what happens at times when we're in relationship and it's hard for us to love is because we carry a question 
And we don't always understand that, you know, actually, that's a different strength. You have a different strength than me. And that's good. Good for you. That's great. I'd like to know your strengths. And these are my strengths. And they come together in the body. And they're not meant to divide. They're actually meant for us to celebrate and see and to, to elevate each other's giftedness. Yeah. And, and why? Because actually, we love each other. We're not threatened by each other. Okay. Love is practical. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Hmm, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words and speech, but with actions and truth. Yeah. Yeah, you're part of a church. I was uh, out at uh, the parent meeting for a hockey team. So um, if, you're, if your kids are involved in band or sports or something like that, you know they got these meetings you have every now and then. And in the hockey world, <clears throat> once the team's selected and uh, you have your cash call, uh, after you pay your fees, then you do a cash call. Um, and then... Uh, uh, you, have a pa- you have a parent party. And you kind of get to meet everybody, parents, kind of put names together with kids and, and things like that, players, etc. Um, and uh, it's usually kind of loud in the room, um, etc. But uh, a few weeks ago, when I was at one of those, I, I, I heard a comment. You know how you get four conversations going on and you're kind of hearing them? I heard a comment about one lady who somebody came in and was talking to her. It was kind of really fun. They were hugging and all that stuff. They obviously knew each other and all that stuff. And they're talking. How's it going? And, uh, and the passing comment about, oh, yeah, church, man, you ever catch me in that place? Hmm. I thought to myself, that, that told me some things, right? Told me, told me maybe something as to what had happened to them. It certainly told me about their guardedness towards the church, right? Yeah, you're a part of a church. You're a part of a church. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of practical realities as to why you are. Because when you came to know Jesus and you came to know his saving work on your behalf, and something changed for you. Your eyes were opened and you see differently. You see practical needs of people around you in ways that you never did before. You see people differently. You're part of a church and you're involved with your time. And, and you, you give finances. Why? Because you know, you know, you know that there's more people that need to come to know the truth of who Jesus is. And God has said, Christ has said, the Father has said, he will build his church. And so you're, you do something really peculiar to the world. If you hang out on a Sunday morning instead of sleeping in and playing Xbox, coming to service, why? Because something's changed. And now you have new eyes. And there's a practical reality as to why you're here, why you volunteer, why you try to be a part of helping people who come that their first experience here would be one of, of pleasant, that it would be comfortable, that they'd, they'd, they'd kind of see there's, a, there's an acceptance here and the love of Jesus would, would, would travel through you. Yeah, something's changed for you and I. <clears throat> you do life together. Um, uh, I'm involved in a home group, have been for a number of years. Uh, kind of probably when my wife and I were back in seminary some 30 years ago, we just learned something about doing life in, in small groups was important. 
that there was a group of people we would make a commitment to that we would allow them to speak into our lives and we would speak into their lives. And we, came, came, we learned that through, obviously through study, but also, also through some challenges in our life. So today, we just kind of do that. And it's been neat to be a part of journeying with people, journeying with SunWest, journeying with kind of our own little group. And we do some practical things. We help each other move. I don't mind helping you guys move. But there's too many of you. I hope you got friends. Yeah, Whew. I mean, I don't mind helping a few of you. But the people in my group, that's a little different. I, I, I made a commitment if I can, I'm, I'm going to try to help them move. So we help each other move. We sometimes help each other paint houses. We, we, last weekend, we spent three days helping uh, uh, one, one couple to paint, paint their house. They're moving. And then there was two days after that where they were, we were moving and unpacking. And not all of us could make it on the same day. No, but we did the best we could. People were out of town. People were working, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's just a practical reality of doing life together. Yeah, we got uh, this 18 months, uh, last 18 months, two years, we've sent uh, nine of our young people in our group to YWAM. Yeah, so do the math on the cash if you're an accountant. A lot of cash. Okay, so what do we do? We do fundraisers. Right? Why? Because we're doing life together. That's the stage of life that we're in. And so we, we practically walk alongside each other. We've had a few weddings, right? a couple of weddings, got a couple more coming. We do what we can to come alongside and be the body of Christ in, in that reality of that stage and phase as we celebrate together. Yeah, practical. Love is practical. Okay, he closes off, he closes off the verses there in between. I know they weren't on the screen. He talks about your heart. Guard your heart. Be careful of your heart. Watch your heart. Um, he talks about if your heart doesn't condemn you. He says that God knows your heart. There's times when you, you can't meet all the needs. Even if you have a Messiah complex, you can't. Because you're going to burn out. And even Jesus took a break. Because in his humanity, Mark chapter 10, I think it's verse 32, he says to dis his disciples, come away for a while, because they'd not even had time to eat, and they went away and rested. Yeah, You can't meet all the needs, but the Lord knows your heart. He sees your heart. Right? He, he knows how you're evaluating, when you can give and when you can't. He, he knows when he prods you and invites you, and when you reach out and when you don't. And he still loves you. He's, he's good with helping you with that stuff. All right, let's keep going. To love is a command, verse 23. And this is his command, to believe in the name of Jesus Christ, in, in, in the name of his son Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Hmm, this is a command. Now, I'm going to jump down to the next set of verses because the gospel of John has Christ saying something that's similar. Listen to this. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Hmm. <laughs> uh, first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and your neighbors yourself. Jesus takes and he, he filters that. He, he brings life to that. He adds to that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Love like I have. That's a command. Oh, know my love? Know, know my love for you? Know the Father's love? You're a child? The Father loves you? And, and let that love leak out. Because as you do, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples.
else if you love one another. Hmm. Why do people come to Christ? Because they see us doing peculiar things. Yeah, we, we know. We know that also people get hurt by some of the things we do or don't do. Yeah, you can hear it when they speak. Hmm. But the Lord would like them to know the truth of how we live life, albeit imperfectly, but committed to each other. And he would like to continue to set a testimony amongst us about the truth of who we are and how we love each other. And that actually that peculiarness would draw them, would draw them to the truth of how we love one another. Okay, hold on. Time says I should be done. Love comes from God. Okay. Kind of go through that. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we'd also to love, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Hmm. Again, it's that paradigm of when we came to know God's love, something shifted in us, something changed. We can't not love. Oh, sometimes we're cautious. Yeah, want to kind of understand what those things are about. Right? God wants to continue to do that redeeming work in us. Mm -hmm. Okay, love gives confidence. Last point, and then we'll land the plane. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Hmm. This is how love is made complete in us, when we love each other. In this world, we are like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God but hates his brother or sister is a liar. Forever, whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. <laughs> we are made complete. We are made complete by knowing God's love and loving others. There's something about learning about God's love for us that happens in community. That they can't isolate. They mirror, they touch off each other. The imperfections are still there by way of people, but they are Jesus with skin on to us that continue to help us to know the Father's love. We can know the Father's love absolutely and let it leak out, primary, but it, it also helps us to know God's love when we're in relationship with others. All right, let's land the plane. So... So the band's going to come, they're going to play, and as they do, here, here's the question today. Love one another. Hmm. First question is, do you understand God's love for you? Do, do you understand that you're one of his children? Nothing can change that. Hmm. Yeah, what keeps you from understanding that and living from the fullness of that and the fact that he delights in you, that's part of his love? The next question is, Who's God highlighting for you today that he invites you to continue to love? God's love for you and I is unrelenting. He continues to pursue us. He never gives up, even when we kind of take a rabbit trail. 
He continues to pursue us. Yeah, the way that he loves us, he invites us to love others. As a band plays, just ask him, Father, who, who in my life? It might be a family member I haven't talked to for a while. And you have good reason not to talk to them. Yeah. Except you're more than that. That thing that happened isn't your name. Yeah, other relatives, they've got it all on the list. That's okay, yeah. But you're not them. You're one of his children. And you know his love. If there's a friend, okay, what keeps you from walking? There's fear. Fear, yeah, fear that that relationship might not go well if you bring it up. But because of your love, your perfect love, your love for them, it actually causes you to cross the line of fear. All right, so as the band plays, those two questions. Knowing God's love, and is there someone God wants to invite you to reach towards? Yeah, just let that sink in, right? Yeah, how much the Father loves us, right? He's for us. Yeah, hmm. Yeah, what's the Lord reminding you of, and what's He settling in your heart today? Yeah, just take that rest in that. If you're here today and, and uh, you're just sensing God's uh, pulling you, uh, inviting you to know His love, and maybe you've never come to understand uh, the work that Christ has done on your behalf and the Father's love for you, yeah, we just invite you to come. If you'd like, we're going to have uh, folks at our prayer banner off to the right and left of the stage, and as you exit as well, there's a prayer banner just outside of the theaters. We would invite you to come and just chat with the prayer folks. They'd love to talk to you and help you to understand that. If today, in light of what we've talked about, there's, uh, God's pointed out that there's someone that he would like you to reach towards, but th there's, there's some really good reasons why you ought not to, and something uh, is holding you, hurt, disappointment. Um, it doesn't have to all be fixed today, but the Lord, would, the Lord would like, I believe, he'd like to help you walk in the journey of walking in freedom and being able to release to forgive and move towards rectifying that relationship if it's at all possible. If that's true for you, we invite you to come as well. They'd love to pray for you and pray on that behalf and ask that God would continue to lead you and that today there'd be something significant that would change, shift in your heart. If there's something else that's going on in your life uh, by way of what you're carrying, by way of relationships or life's realities, we also invite you to come. We'd love to pray for you and take those things to the Lord with you. Yeah, let's, uh, let's close together in prayer. Mm. Father, we thank you that you love us. We have nothing to prove. Help us to rest in your love. Uh, Father, we desire to follow your instructions, your command of loving each other. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, to hear that, uh, and not driven by fear, but because... Your perfect love casts out fear, and we know your love, and we just want your love to leak out to the people that you allow to be in our lives, Lord. Help us to see the one, to leave the 99 and pursue them when you instruct us to, when you prod us to. And those people in our lives that you want us to continue to be faithful to love and others that you want to pursue through us, Lord, help us to be cognizant of that and step towards those things. Yeah, thank you, Father, yeah, for your goodness to us. Amen. A couple things I just want to highlight as well by way of announcements. Um, Christmas Hampers is starting. Uh, if you and your group or you as a, 
family want to take on uh, helping, you can just uh, talk to the folks at the place where it says hampers, the table there. And then also, um, Jonah Sinclair was supposed to, we thought he was, was able to come this morning, wasn't, but you can hear him at Adam and Jen McInnes's at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Jonah is one of those guys who grew up here. Laying the guitar, all that stuff, all the new stuff, right? Did all that stuff, led the worship, worship stuff. And then he went to YWAM. Yeah, you heard of YWAM? We have a few kids that did that. And then he got radically changed. And he's with YWAM, and he was in China for 10 years. And now he's in Kona, found his wife, and got married, and all that stuff. He's got a family. He's one of our YWAM missionaries. He's a lifer. He's got some great stories, if you have an opportunity Drop in at the, at the McInnes's. They'd love to have you hear his stories and be encouraged by what God's doing through him in the work that he's doing. Thanks. Thanks, you guys. Blessings. Have a good week.